0: Next on
1: Rugby Wrap-Up, Major League Rugby talk with Austin Gilgronies, Mason Peterson, and pundits Dan Power and Brian Ray. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by the Pig & Whistle, the world's best rugby pub. and Mean and & Limber, stretch your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan talking rugby, and we have our Major League Rugby show, All set and queued to go with Mason Peterson, Dan Power, Brian Ray, and Kobe Marshall. But before we do, a couple of things outside of the major league rugby sphere that we need to look at in global rugby. And one of them is how the coronavirus is affecting rugby globally. Uh, You just saw it in the Six Nations. There's no matches with Italy. They've been hit hard by the virus. Uh, That's not good. There's more stuff coming as per this taping. We're not privy to. Also, you've got even arguably more distressing news. Top league in Japan has not canceled just matches. They've canceled rounds. And coming off the excitement and the fervor built up in Japan for rugby after the Rugby World Cup, this is awful timing. Back home, Team USA's captain Blaine Scully officially retiring and... I just wanted to extend, on behalf of the Rugby Wrap-Up family, our appreciation for the toil that you have put in, my friend. You are a true warrior. Over 50 caps for your country, and we appreciated every single one of them. Take a bow, Mr. Blaine Scully. And finally, we've had this thing called the HSBC Sevens World Series going on. Another great event in Vancouver this time. So North America has really represented the series very well with Los Angeles. And Vancouver, Team USA, didn't get their result that they wanted, but they are starting to put things together. And they're bleeding a lot of young players, folks. And they're dealing with some key injuries. And you got to tip your cap to Canada. They they gave the home fans something to cheer about. That said, we have Major League Rugby to talk. And what better way to do it than break in with Mr. Mason Peterson of the Austin Gilgronies, the victorious Austin Gilgronies. Mason,
0: welcome to Rugby Wrap-Up. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Mason, don't look so enthused. <laughs> no, I am. I am definitely. I'm happy to have to be on the show, and uh, thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you, sir. I love the hat. I love
1: that trophy behind you. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but for the folks at home that may not know, you are a young American prop who has been all over the American rugby landscape in a very short time, including U-20s, Team USA, the two iterations of pro rugby, San Diego Breakers. Now you've been with three different franchises in Austin,
0: the Elite, the Herd, and now the Gilgronies. How have you done? Yeah, San Diego is fun, and it brought me to places with the U.S. that were pretty cool, and then I've been in Austin since, played with the Huns, and now with every iteration of the Austin team. But it's been been really fun. I love this city. Um, It's become my second home. But, yeah, it's been, been a great opportunity here, and I think that California will always be there, but Texas is a fun place to be right now. You're a kid from Long Beach, California, and you've
1: had this tremendous run so far. But when did you first find out about rugby? When did you know what rugby was?
0: Well, I'm pretty lucky. Long Beach has Belmont Shore, so I was very lucky for that to be there. My high school actually started a team in the first high school league ever in California my sophomore year. So I played football and my friends had played growing up, my football buddies, and they got me to come out. And I was pretty lucky to have uh, Gavin Hickey as my first coach there. So that's who I learned the game from right away. And he was a very big help on my career in a sense. He got me off the ground and running pretty well. So I think that was lucky to be a kid with that well of a coach in high school as a sophomore.
1: Gavin Hickey, a legend. We, he's a friend of the show. But you cut your teeth playing at Arizona in college. But now you're in Texas where everything is big. And you have that cup behind you because you guys yeah. had a big win. Huge for the franchise.
0: Yeah, this is the new Texas Cup. Um, it's actually a pretty big trophy. I was surprised the pictures didn't do it justice. But, yeah, I think it's... It was a big win for us. It's been 23 games on the trot. Yeah, we had a tie, but I've been here since the beginning, since we've been losing games for quite a bit of time. So I think we're changing the culture here, and uh, this was the first step for us. Um, Very big win, and it was a good time. And I think that we like the taste of that, and I think we're due for some many more this season.
1: Well, I'm a Gilgroniak. I am sold, and Dan Power got me on board with that. But... You know, you talked about the trophy being big. Everything's big in Texas, my friend. Your hat's big. You're big. But it's been a rocky road, of sorts, for you off the pitch, because you got injured when you got dumped by the guy that proves that all Canadians are not polite. Rob Brower in a match last year.
0: Yeah, um, that was pretty big. I had yeah, the neck was a little bit wiggly. It it took some time. I had some bad nerve headaches, and that's what really kept me out. It wasn't so much the neck pain. It was. Uh, being able to run without the nerve headaches, though, so it lasted ten weeks last year, which was pretty hard. Because um, I want to get as much game time as I can. It's great this comp is here, and I get to play at such a young age. So I think getting as much game time as possible is huge for me. And it's pretty, it kind of, it sucked a lot to be sitting on the sidelines and watching those losses after loss after loss, and not being able to do much about it.
1: Well, it's great to see you healthy. It's great to see you becoming a force, and it's a great thing to see this team taking off because, you know, let's face it, you guys were a laughing stock at a certain point. You had 17 languages spoken in, in camp. I'm exaggerating slightly, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And American was the, the last one, really. Now, have you considered growing your hair out like Todd Clever? Because he's a guy, along with Andrew Suniula, who kind of held this team together, this organization
0: together. Um, honestly, haven't. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be bald in a year or two, so I'm getting a little bald spot. If you see that on TV, it's it's not the greatest thing to be 23 and going bald, but pretty soon I'll look like a normal prop and have no hair. So I wish I could grow it out like Todd, but it's not happening anytime soon.
1: I feel your pain, my friend. I feel your pain. Bald is beautiful. <laughs> bald is beautiful. Yeah, definitely. It, right? Uh,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: A couple of questions for you. Uh, one from the locker room, anonymously from your locker room, that goes to your nicknames. Our favorite WWE wrestler, John Bradshaw Layfield, had a bunch of iterations in his character over the years you've gone from lunchbox to hitman explain that
0: yeah lunchbox was given to me back when i was 19 at the breakers by actually angie and that kind of stuck from then to now and then that nickname the other nickname came from austin our social media guy and it's kind of stuck and i still get the lunchbox here or there but um the hitman's a little bit better than lunchbox i can tell you that all right now you're playing career you have played all
1: across the planet. Who knew, right? Bermuda, yeah. Israel, Australia.
0: Where else? In Uruguay. I was in Leicester for a little bit. Um, going to school there for a semester before U twenties. So those are in Canada. So I played out there in the BC Premier League last year and the year before that for a couple games in the offseason.
1: Maccabee, Maccabi, or Mac or Maccabi? Maccabee. Maccabee. All right. So, are you actually Jewish, or is this Buzz Ruzinski and Dallin Stanford anointing you Jewish for the day, just to play?
0: No, I'm actually raised Jewish. My mom's been my mom's Jewish. So I was raised Jewish as a kid, actually. Who is the greatest
1: MLB pitcher, Jewish pitcher in history?
0: Um, but for the Angels, and did you not? No. Who? Sandy Koufax. Sandy yeah, Dodger. How about Slugger? Yeah, that's- Rod Carew. Uh, he changed. He switched
1: pews, so to speak. But I was thinking Hank Greenberg. Hank Greenberg? No, no. <laughs> A little bit. Be A little bit before you. T- hey, listen. You know who Babe Ruth is, right? Yep. Okay. So Definitely. it's not, you're not too young to know who Babe Ruth is. Anyway, back to rugby. Okay. Yeah. You're in Texas. You're in Austin. When you guys are about to engage, do you say to your guys, remember the Alamo, despite the fact that that took place in San, T- San Antonio?
0: Unfortunately, not. Because if you've been to the Alamo, it's actually a lot smaller than you think it is. The first time I went there, I was actually very <laughs> surprised. I thought it was going to be this huge thing. Walk up, and the people are like, that's the Alamo. And I was like, that little thing? I was like, dang, that's way smaller than I thought it would be. That
1: aside, Uh, it's a great story you guys got going on there. I love the whole Gilgroni thing. Everybody's like, oh, well, you know, I'm like, great marketing scheme. The the ownership group is in there. You guys are exciting to watch. I'm watching. I think you guys are going to come together once you all figure out who each other are. And you got a great coach, so you're going to have some great coaching going forward. I think you guys are going to be the dark horse toward the end of the year.
0: Yeah, we have San Diego this week, which is tough, but I think with them, that's a a test that we're excited about. And I think that's where we can really see where we're at. And then we can build from there. And I think we'll you'll be seeing a lot more of us and we'll hopefully be climbing that table in the coming weeks and the coming months.
1: Awesome stuff, my friend. I really appreciate you taking the time out and it's great to see you healthy and on the pitch. You're a great American.
0: Appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me on. Mr. Mason Peterson of the Austin Gilgronies will be right back with Dan Power and Brian Ray after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. We are back. We have our all-star pundits, Mr. Dan Power, calling in from somewhere between Denver and Nebraska, maybe Nebraska, and (laughs) Brian Ray has just snowshoed back to his hut in Nova Scotia to be on. Let's start with Dan. Dan, where are you and how are you? Matt,
2: uh, Scottsbluff, Nebraska, um, I, th- I believe it's the tourist capital off Nebraska, so if you ever get a chance driving through the cornfields, stop in, beautiful place, and I'm well, how are you? I'm a
1: little bit beaten up, I'm a little bit bruised, I went 2-4 and four with my picks this week, so uh, I'm, I'm a little sore, uh, but uh, I'll get through it, you know, we d- this is what we do, we weather on, and speaking of
3: weathering on, Brian Ray up in Nova Scotia. Oh, we're feeling a little bit warmer up here thanks to the uh, spectacular results from Vancouver and a little bit of heat from Texas. uh, Showing my respect here with the uh, the little orange for our Austin fellows. Let's talk about the weekend. First up, 22-19,
1: the Raptors over the off-target arrows. The Trontonians were upstaged by their brothers in sevens, particularly Harry Jones in Vancouver, Brian.
3: What a spectacular weekend for Harry and Nate here, M and all the boys out in Vancouver. Now, if we could just get that MLR team going out there, we'd all be happy. But uh, tough one for the arrows. Uh, really a big ask at four days rest and uh, their fifth week on the road. So you know they knew the cards that they were dealt. Uh, they were you know prepared as best they can. But sloppy game overall. That uh, that Mika Cruz a try right at the beginning of the second half was really the killer for them. Uh, and I think Colorado just had a little bit more extra uh, in the tank in that one than deserved winners. And is that all you have to say about? This? sevens. Well, I could go on for the whole show, but we're on time constraints here. <laughs> and, uh, fair play. Fair great, play. brilliant show.
1: Fair play. Dan, the Colorado Raptors are starting to put things together, despite the fact that Mr. Ranger could have had 17 yellow cards. But, you know, you play the ref, right?
2: That's it. It's up to the, uh, the sir to reach into the pocket. Rennie's just going to do what Rennie does best. So, uh, you yeah, know, Brian pretty much hit the nail on the head there. I had a feeling that Toronto were going to slip. Eventually, just on the back of that schedule and the short turnaround, didn't see it coming against Colorado. But kudos to Pete like and the boys down there at Infinity Park. Uh, they are hitting their strap at the right time. I think them and the Warriors in a tussle for second place in the West now.
1: Yeah, and Brian, that moves us right along to Nola holding on against a very scrappy Free side, and they had contributions from the entire roster, including a big day from the birthday boy Cam Dolan.
3: Yeah, yeah, that big intercept try right there. I mean, he's kind of known for that. Those big long arms just reaching out, snagging it out of the air. Hey, four tries for both teams. The kicking actually was the difference in this one. Carl Meyer with the 5-for-5 performance. Uh, you know, that's, uh, a good a good game, good entertaining game for the fans in that one. And I think New England just a little bit unlucky not to come away with the bonus points. Uh, and they'll have to maybe spend some extra time on the kicking tee uh, this week ahead of their big home opener.
2: Talk about pressure for the young Cam Falcon. If he has a bad game, not only does the coach and staff do it, but he goes home, his dad gives it to him as well. So he had a great game. Uh, Kyle Meyer, what, what a player he is. That move from fullback to 13 has really allowed him to play the style of rugby that he does best. He did a great job at fullback while JP Eloff was out, but man, that back line for Nolan now with him at 13 is going to be dangerous. I really thought the Free Jacks were going to get this win on the road with Adek and Ty Leader coming back, but still not quite where they need to be. But yeah, excited to see him at home this week.
1: You know, he reminds me of a South African version of a young Dan Power. He's got size. Speed
2: <laughs> his hairline just a little bit more, it's not as French as mine, so mine retreating very quickly. Uh, Carl, full head of hair. Did
1: you say French is yours? French, I like yeah, that. He's... I have a very French hairline, but yeah, let's stick with you. Gilgronies win the cup, Gilgronies win the cup, the Gilgronis win the cup.
2: Yeah, you know, I feel like that little kid at Madison Square Garden when Hulk Hogan scooped up Andre the Giant and slammed him into the mat. Uh, that, that's what it felt like. It actually, may have been at the Silver Dome, but nonetheless. The <laughs> Gilgroni acts for life, of ride or die, and they got the win down there over Houston as well. Uh, maybe the added motivation of being chased by a, uh, what was it, a security dog or something that the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the Gilgronis laid down was, yeah. was enough. Yeah. But uh, either way, I'll take it. First win in, wow, God knows how long. And they got it. So excited for Austin, and uh, let's hope they can carry it. Keep carrying that momentum.
1: And how does it feel, Dan, accepting the Texas Cup vicariously on behalf of the Gilgronies that Mason Peterson had in his possession earlier.
2: Can I be honest with you, Matt? I, I haven't slept since Saturday. Uh, I'm <laughs> just battered right through. I'm so excited. <laughs> and can't wait to see my uh, Austin brethren again in a few weeks. I think I have a game with them out in Utah. So uh, I'm sure we'll celebrate that one win in April as well when I see them next.
1: <laughs> Brian, on the other side of the
3: ball, what do the Sabercats have to do to get us yelling, go cats, go? Well, you got a feel for Paul Healy a bit down there. They've got some injuries to deal with, but I think discipline is the big killer for them. Diego Manuel with an unnecessary yellow card rate right at the end of the first half, and then the second half, like in the last play of the game, uh, you know they're attacking and they take that silly obstruction penalty that was just so disappointing. So I think this is self indif- uh, self-inflicted damage that they're they're doing, and uh, they need to sort that out this week. You got to know about the obstruction stuff, guys. Come
1: on. Anyway, next one up, Utah. Seattle, who saw this one coming?
2: Oh, hand up, guilty, not I. I uh, landed and caught the last 10 minutes of regular time and then another 10 minutes that we obviously saw. But uh, Chris Latham and the Warriors uh, going into uh, in Seattle, they had a draw from there last year, so they could do quite well out of Seattle. But uh, what a finish to a game, man. I mean, MLR couldn't have asked for a better finish to that game. It was outstanding. Television. I thought Mark Stavina and Kevin Swearing did a great job handling that extra nine minutes as well. So
1: I was swearing at Swearing for him saying that the referees were spot on. Brian, did you did you have any problem with the referee? Because Dan is definitely.
3: Rule number one in rugby: the referee is always right, even when they're wrong. Uh, Look, you got to respect the Gilgronies on Utah for going for the win and not the tie. Uh, You know what a crazy ending. Uh, And I think Seattle kind of is another team that has to look at themselves. I mean, they score what four minutes into the game, and then the restart. What do they do? They drop the ball, can't get out of their end. So uh, this is another team that uh, really has to look within themselves to to turn this around because they're staring at the barrel this week, uh, and you know that as well as I
1: that's a pretty good assessment and you know you gotta love the road warriors living up to their name and going for it on the road and coming out of there with that dramatic victory and dan you hit it right on the head the the suits and the suites for the mlr have to be doing backwards uh cartwheels over that one and and pretty much the entirety of the weekend and that leads us to old glory and atlanta another nail biter
2: old glory getting the win without the beast dan Tendai Hendai, still, uh, still on the sidelines, so week to week with him. He should be back pretty shortly, though. But I didn't know what to expect coming into this one, Matt. It was kind of like other set-piece woes of old glory finally going to come back to haunt them, and for a period there it looked like it was going to. But, man, between uh, Danny Tizatala and uh, Jason Robinson, that back line is just unbelievable. The way they attack through different layers... Um, I don't know if there's going to be too many sides in the M L A who can hang with them offensively, but once they can figure the set piece out, Old Glory going to be really, really tough in the East. That Toronto Old Glory battle, circle that one on your calendars. That's going to be a great game.
1: Yeah, I like both 10s in this match, but you're right about the back line there, and you didn't even mention... DTS or threaten Palamo. Ryan, how big was this win without the Beast for Old
3: Glory? Yeah, massive, massive performance for them at home. You know, Josh Brown was doing the Super Cyan when they won that scrum penalty in the second half. They were so excited. Uh, you know, and I think uh, Dan just nailed it there with those two halfbacks. They just controlled the game. And when you got the acronym trio out back, you know, DTS, RRT, and DOD, you know, it just makes for some incredibly exciting rugby. So uh, good for them. Great, uh, very entertaining game. And that leads us to our denouement.
1: Speaking of French hairlines, uh, San Diego holding on for dear life against a depleted Rooney side. Yeah, I'm a bit partial, but I'm seeing this one pretty clearly. You had Joe Peterson back, but it looked like it was his um, the version on counterpart that uh, Amazon show with the guy from Farmers Insurance. Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. But That was not Joe Peterson kicking, but he's been a a bit rusty, obviously. But that was a solid side. and But for a Patty Ryan yellow card that they got two tries, one on a broken play, Rooney comes out of there with a win.
2: Yeah, it's a a game that Rooney may look back on as the year progresses, just how tight the East is, That they may have given that one away. San Diego come in a little weak in the midfield with uh, JP Dupacy and Ma Nonu missing and a big opportunity to get a road win, but what Brian said earlier, the referee is always right, even when they're wrong, so you've got to play it, and unfortunately, right at the death there, goes against them, and San Diego get the win, so they remain undefeated. Last team in MLR, undefeated, so they're in control in the West.
1: Yeah, and a win is a win, Brian. They held on, and I'm not saying that that was necessarily the wrong call on the yellow card to Patty Ryan. I thought maybe It was a little quick.
3: Yeah, I was just waiting for the ring announcer to come in and, you know, in the blue corner, Dylan the Butcher Faucet. Like, it was just a complete slobber knocker of a match. Uh, Rooney just making a mess of of every breakdown, really uh, competing... Tooth and nail the whole game. Uh, another tremendous. Maybe not one for the casual viewer, but uh, you know, for us diehards, it was really uh, compelling viewing. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I will say, I think, I think the penalty on Patty Ryan was right. I think you might be right though. Maybe a little harsh, especially after he called him up the middle, so he kind of, you know, felt something. Uh, he probably thought he was okay, but uh, yeah, yeah, maybe a little harsh on that yellow. But again, gotta gotta listen to the referee.
1: Gotta listen to the referee, and I gotta listen to my producer who is telling us we have to take a break. We'll be right back with previews after this. All right, everybody, we are back. Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan talking Major League Rugby. And before we bring Ryan Ray and Dan Power back on, we have Mr. Colby Marshall once again infiltrating the bunker for his segment. Thanks, Matt. Let's get right into it. My three takeaways from this weekend. One of them is my player of the weekend, and that's John Poland. John had a tremendous day. He orchestrated a lot of great phase play for New England, and he had a great support line on his try, and I think he was one of the more impressive players from the weekend.
3: Two, a player to watch moving forward, and that's Tian Erasmus. He's already made Player of the Week. He's been dominant in the mall these past two weekends. He had two tries and was a
1: key cog in Austin, winning their first game in almost two years. And lastly, my best player in a losing effort, aside from John Poland, is Sam Windsor, the fly half from Houston. Sam had a tremendous first half. He totaled 13 points in the half and led some great open field sequences for the Sabercat. And with that, I'm out. Great stuff, Colby. Thank you. Uh, Once again, uh, you've snuck in and banged it out. All right, Dan and Brian, we have a huge weekend ahead of us. Let's get to it, my friends. There are must-win matches in this upcoming weekend, and let's start with Friday Night Lights, NOLA at Utah, Dan.
2: Well, this is going to be a tough one. It's a long road trip for NOLA. They've enjoyed a decent run at home uh, to start the season, but Utah coming off that win in Seattle. I'm going to go with the Warriors at home. Just on the back of that win in Seattle, I think they're uh, in a good spot, and that's a tough, tough road trip for Nola to go up to altitude and try to get the win up there. So they'll squeak one out by uh, one
3: point. Yeah, I like the uh, the belief that Utah suddenly has. That was a big win they picked up in Seattle. So at home, uh, this is their home opener. That's going to be a tough one for Nola to come away with the victory there. So I'm leaning towards Utah. Might change my mind later this week. I got a gut feeling that Utah is going to follow
1: up on this momentum and stun the world yet again. I'm going with Utah by three points in a Steve Lewis squeaky bum type victory. I'm back. Next, Houston at the Free Jacks. There's a rumor that yours truly will be in the booth there with Steve Lewis and John Broker calling this match. Daniel, what's your thoughts on this one?
2: Free Jacks at home. Hadakiyama's back. he got a bit of time this weekend, so he'll be better for the out. Scrum will be better. Leader will be better for the runout. I think they'll do really well. And you know, I. I'm hearing it's going to be a really big crowd there, Matt. So I'm not sure if they're coming for you or the Free Jacks. But either way, it should be an awesome game up there for you to call.
1: Dan, I certainly don't want to take credit for the big crowd coming because of me. That would be really disingenuous. But I, I do think that it's going to be a huge crowd. Before I make my pick, though, I want to, I want to leave this as a cliffhanger. Brian, who do you pick in this one?
3: Yeah, uh, hearing that they're actually extending the seating uh, that they've already got in there, so uh, it should be an awesome uh, atmosphere there. You've got to go with New England at home with that kind of support. I'm taking the Free Jacks, and it's not just because
1: they are paying me this <laughs> weekend to do the job. You do not go into Union Point, ladies and gentlemen, and walk out unscathed, unless you're Rooney. Next up, Rooney hosting Seattle. There's a rumor again, guys, that yours truly and Steve Lewis will be in the booth for this one. And before I give my pick, let's mix it up a little bit and go with Brian first on this one.
3: I think uh, the Coney Island Dogs will have a Basta firing on eight cylinders this weekend in New York. So I'm going to go with Rooney, a tough, tough match for Seattle this week.
2: I'll give uh, you and the Lizards some advice. So a pack of lozenges and two grilled gronies for the vocal <laughs> cords. If you're going back-to-back games, it should help smooth that voice out for you, but I want to go to Seattle because I feel as though their back's against the wall, but another home open, a third of the weekend. So I'll go for Rooney as well, but man, Seattle, if they don't get shaking soon, that West may start drifting away from them.
1: If this was a video game and you were playing on bars of strength, each one of these teams has been operating at three or even two out of five bars this entire season. And they've got a lot of guys on paper that haven't even shown up yet or have had injury they both got some serious reinforcements coming in but it's just a question of when and you know another team that's arguably in that that video game power analogy that i'm trying to make here are your gilgronies dan so all three of these teams are getting stronger by the minute but is it too little too late and I'm going to go with the home cooking, and I, and I can't believe I'm going to say that the defending champions are going to be 1-5, and five, Brian, but I am picking Rugby United in New York by seven points. And with that, guys, we have our Sunday matches. First up, Colorado at Old Glory, an intriguing matchup, Daniel.
2: The attacking prowess of Old Glory at home. Great crowd there, too. Uh, both to get a chance to come down to Cardinal Stadium. I was really impressed. The crowd, very loud. They're very behind their side, very educated. And I'll uh, go Old Glory at home. Uh, the run of the Raptors to stop uh, at two wins.
3: It's down to those two halfbacks again. Tusi Robertson is just going to own this game, so I have to go with Old Glory. I'm going to stick with you guys. I'm going to go with Old Glory, stay in the East
1: Coast, keep it real. Uh, but Colorado could very easily tip the apple cart in this one again in consecutive weeks. They are starting to put it together. The final match of the MLR 2020 weekend, the Legion. At then, your Gilgronis.
2: Now, you'd have to be crazy to pick the Austin Gilgroni, so get me a padded cell and a straight jacket because my Gilgroniacs <laughs> are going to upset the undefeated San Diego Legion this weekend. So I hope Adam Gilchrist has got some other crazy stunt. You know, the losing CEO has to jump out of a helicopter or something to motivate the boys, but the Gilgroniacs. Uh, we're going to get another win. We're going two in a row.
3: I can't see them toppling San Diego. As much as I'd love to wear this orange thing again, uh, now i got to go with the Legion in this one. Is it going to be the 5-0 and o
1: San Diego Legion getting knocked off by the upstart Gilgronis? Not just yet. But, guys, we are out of time, and I want to thank you once
2: again. Matt, always a pleasure, never a chore. Love you, love the show, and have strong feelings for Brian as well. <laughs>
1: Just strong feelings for our friend north of the border. Brian, I want to thank you, and, and I'll I'll say that I love you.
3: Thanks, guys. I need all the, uh, the warmth up
1: here that I can get. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and on behalf of Mr. Mason Peterson, Mr. Colby Marshall, Mr. Dan Power, and Mr. Brian Ray, I'm Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up in Midtown Manhattan, talking Major League Rugby, signing off.